biggest reason I see people aren't successful is they don't do enough things. They're not willing to DM someone. They don't want to post the mm. content. They don't want to like try and have a sales call. And I was like, like respectfully, I said to people, like, enjoy being poor. I think people are very much emotionally attached to all of those uh, those tasks, aren't they? Like you mentioned there, DMing someone or sales. I think uh, as human beings, we are intrinsically, you know, intrinsically attached to the outcomes of those things. Your job is to probably help yourself three to four years ago. I don't know if this is how you feel at business. This is how I feel now is that I'm trying to help myself from a business perspective three to four years ago. You know, you've probably had this Charlie dude where you see a business coach or a mentor who is a few steps ahead of you and you're like, fuck, they've got the lifestyle that they want, that I want. They've got, they seem to have the business that I want. If you're an online coach looking to succeed and crush it in 2024, then you need to tune into this. Today, I've got Ollie Carson, who's an old friend I haven't spoken to a long time, but runs uh, Supercharged Fit Pros, I believe that's what you call it. Um, And he he crushes it in terms of uh, helping with trainers growing their online business, maybe at slightly more the beginning stages than we do with Seven Figure Scaling System. So today, we're going to talk about um, the main things you need in terms of growing your business in 2024, going from mindset, content, and overall strategy. Um, to kick things off, Ollie, I think the best thing to go into at the beginning, which I think is the most important thing with everything, whether it's fitness or business, is mindset. What would you say is the most important thing people need to focus on mindset-wise in 2024? Uh, I think, well, we just had a conversation off air about the type of coaches that we both individually work with within our businesses. And I think it's important to preface that conversation with your mindset is probably largely going to be different based on where you currently are because we work with a lot of coaches who are kind of at the beginning of their journey, as it were. And, you know, you have to be in the mindset of like wearing a lot of the caps, so to speak. You know, you're doing all of the marketing, you're doing all of the delivery, you're doing all of the sales. You know, you have to have this mindset where you are willing to have your hand in every single area of your, of your business And as you know, and as I know, as you go further along in your entrepreneurial journey, you start delegating more of that stuff. And the mindset changes somewhat from being somebody who has to get everything done and having this real kind of hustle mentality. You're still hustling when you are, quote unquote, financially successful, but you're hustling in a different way. You're leading team, you're thinking much bigger, and you're thinking about the overarching plans and strategies that you're going to use to, to grow your own business and to grow your clients' businesses. Um, so I think the mindset is still kind of the same. You're having this kind of real do or die mentality toward growing your coaching business and serving people. But I think it's kind of, your energy is focused in different areas. I don't know if you'd agree with that. You kind of like have to focus on different things when you're starting out versus when you progress. I would agree, and it's you. You need different skills at different levels, which I think mm. is uh, an exciting part of the game because you never really complete it. And I'd say the most important thing in the beginning, to some degree, is you need to be a jack of all trades because you've got mm. to be able to, you've got to be like semi dangerous at everything, but not know enough to take over the world, right? So like mm. you have to understand how things work, but you don't necessarily master any of them yet. And then mm. you'll probably find where your zone of genius is, which you lean into personally more as you develop, and then try to like delegate off your plate as you go but i find the big mistake a lot of people make two ones i see when people are trying to grow their business mindset wise with that is one they're not willing to put in the time to try and learn anything because in Mm. my opinion you can learn any skill if you put 10 20 hours into it Mm. the second thing is that they when they get to a certain point they don't realize they're the bottleneck and they're not willing to try and 
find someone smarter who's better at something to hire or actually delegate things off their plate so they become the busy fool who's like got the golden handcuffs to their business and they make reasonably mm. good money but they can never escape and they've got a well-paid job if that makes sense that's super super common with some of the guys that we work with who are getting to that place where um you know business is picking up and now they start to feel a little bit trapped and limited by how much they can physically do in their day-to-day -day operations um, and that ability to kind of recognize that and relinquish control to people who are perhaps best suited to take over those responsibilities. That is a massive mindset block for people. Uh, something that Kieran from uh, TMP said that really, really resonated with me is you can't build a Tesco's like business with a corner shop mentality. And, you know, it's that thing of like, what got you to this point? whether that's, you know, hitting 10K months, whatever it might be, isn't necessarily going to be the thing that gets you to consistent 80 plus K months where you're doing a million quid a year, right? So you have to be aware of that and, and be willing to adapt and change as you, as you progress through your career. 100%. I think people listening to this probably need to understand that if you've got big audacious goals and dreams of what you want to achieve, you would already have done that if you knew, already had the skills and knew how to do that, which means you need to identify what are the two to three skills you have a deficiency in and then go and find those skills, which is actually a part of mindset in terms of being uh, willing to learn and open-minded mm -hmm. and also seeking maybe the knowledge of other people, whether it's Ollie, myself, whoever, who's mm -hmm. maybe done what you want to do or understands the answer. Um, because for me, that's where I'm, I'm where I spend 90% of my time thinking is like, what's the thing that's holding me back from what I want? And then yeah. who's the person who can solve that problem? And mm -hmm. I actually find, and I would say actually respectfully for people at the beginning stages of the business more it's easier to get people to solve those problems because more people can solve them whereas like as you mentioned imagine you're trying to run tesco and like how the fuck do i get this any bigger like who do you go to at that point yes where like, do you know what i mean yeah new levels new devils it's harder to find the people to and it's it's harder to get into the people's world who are operating on a much larger scale absolutely you, you hit the nail on the head you know there's a, a million and one different people who can help you go from zero to 5k a month or whatever it might be um, and it really comes down to who do you resonate with who do you trust um, who do you have similar values and interests to that's kind of how you make those decisions but as you say as you go further and further up the, the ladder of success it becomes harder to identify these people and learn from them. So, yeah. Out of interest, did you find your military backgrounds helped you from a mindset perspective in business? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I've ever really consciously thought about it, but I got asked a similar question in a, in a podcast not so long ago, and it kind of forced me to think about it. And I think what the military does is it gets you very good at just implementing, you know, like, these are your orders. This is what we need you to do. Go and do it. You know, you don't really have too much say in the matter. And so I think it instilled a level of implementation in me and that becomes almost second nature. I was in the military for close to 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm indoctrinated in many respects. So now if I know that I have something to do, I work with my own business coach who, who supports me and gives me advice. If they tell me to do something, I, I implement. So I think that's probably the thing that I've taken most from a military career. Yeah, that's interesting. With that, do you think, so you said something that I love and that's actually implementing and doing things. Mm. The biggest reason I see people aren't successful is they don't do enough things. So like mm. they're not, like particularly at the beginning, they're, they're, they're not willing to DM someone. They don't want to post mm. the content. They don't want to like try and have a sales call. And I was like, like respectfully, I said, it was like enjoy being poor because like if you're not willing to have those difficult 
try something you've never done before, then you're going to be stuck mm. in the same position you're in right now. Mm. I think people are very much emotionally attached to all of those uh, those tasks, aren't they? Like you mentioned there, DMing someone or sales. I think uh, as human beings, we are intrinsically, um, you know, intrinsically attached to the outcomes of those things. So if somebody doesn't reply to your dm message you feel a, a sense of rejection or if somebody says no at the end of a sales call you feel like you're not good enough or whatever it might be all of these things are kind of happening deep in our subconscious and so we tend to shy away from them you know we don't want to have those uncomfortable situations but as you said you know this is the lifeline of of running a coaching business in particular in the early stages fortunately like people like myself and and yourself we have teams of people who can do this for us um but to get to that stage as we said at the beginning, you need to be wearing these caps and you have to you have to be willing to do those repetitions so that you can then start to hire teams and delegate and, and do all of that sort of stuff. And I think and here's an interesting story and it's a true one. My mom messaged me this morning and she's like, she sent me a screenshot and she's like, you should take this post down. It's getting a lot of hateful comments. I'm like, don't worry, mom, that's normal. I'm like, yeah. that's just a fucking, it's just another day in Gotham City. It's like <laughs> too many people, I just thought it was funny. And I like, um, I thought, why are you looking at my stuff? So I think it's, um, <laughs> I like my mum's judging my content now. So this is good. <laughs> and I think this is important for people to listen to though, because like, I get abusive comments all the time and DMs and stuff. And I think um, you need to learn to rise above that. And for anyone mm. listening to this, heaven forbid, if you start running a lot of paid ads, the stuff you get on that's even better. Mm. Um, and it's just your resilience and stress tolerance to like this type of thing goes up and you don't give a shit anymore. And I think... Mm the point people need to get to with their business is they're not afraid of people having a pop at them. And something I talk about a lot is that when I first started trying to start my online business, start posting photos, stuff my own, myself on the internet, people were like talking behind my back, like who the fuck does Charlie think he is? Why is he doing yep. this? All that type of stuff. And that probably resonates with anyone listening to this right now who's just beginning. Mm. And what I would do is I would use that, like that type of comment messaging as fuel. And if anyone mm. hasn't read it, um, Patrick Bet David has a new book called Choose Your Enemies Wisely. And like it talks a lot in the book of like things like that as that's the trigger for you in terms of like use that as the like the dark motivation to push yourself. Yeah. Do the things you don't want to do, like send the DM, push the sales call, make the content, do the uncomfortable thing. Cause I think too many people respectfully, like you're in the UK as well, I'm British, like British mm. culture is very much like, oh, we'll just stay at home, it'll be okay. Don't step yeah. outside the box and do a different cool thing. And I think mm -hmm people need to step outside of their comfort zones and push yes. themselves a bit more. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you put your head above the parapet, metaphorically speaking, and you start putting yourself out there, as you said, especially if you start running paid advertising, or if you start producing more viral content, perhaps you start saying things in your content uh, as a hook, that's somewhat controversial. You know, the reason that you do that is so that you can get this sort of engagement so that you can get some of the comments are going to be, you know, in favor of what you're saying and, and a vast majority are going to be in the opposite direction. Uh, there's the old saying, isn't there? No, no kind of attention is bad attention. Like you, you want to drive traffic to your content and, and also in marketing, it's not just about who you attract into your world and who you work with. It's, it's also about who you detract, who you repel. You know, if somebody doesn't agree with the things that you're saying and you're saying it from a place of authenticity, it's something that you genuinely believe, then you probably don't want to work with those people anyway. And so when you can buy into this idea that 
a lot of your content might end up rubbing people up the wrong way and causing controversy on your posts, whatever. That's actually a good part of your marketing process because you're going to be working with the type of people that you want to work with in the long run. 100%. I think um, that's the next thing to maybe come into in terms of content-wise is mm. like one of the things I found always to work very well, which is probably why I get some flack sometimes, is like contrarian content. It's like mm. the opposite of what people think. So like in my opinion, my, is very unpopular, in particular in America. Like the bench press is a terrible exercise to develop your chest. Mm -hmm. You put up a video saying that, like people go fucking apeshit. Yeah. Um, it would be an example. And um, But when you start to think like that, that all the people who have torn their pec training, fucking bench press or whatever, will message you and comment like, yeah, 100% agree. And yeah. then there'll be like the powerlifting community being like, this is complete bullshit. This guy's like a skinny yeah. noob who's like 70 kilos. And, <laughs> yeah. um, that's like the important thing you need to understand though. So like, the last thing you want to be is vanilla. So like oh, blend yes. into the scene. And I mm. think in my opinion, the most important thing for people fitness content wise and content general for 2024 is not being vanilla because I think there's so much generic bullshit of everyone doing the same thing in fitness exactly. at the moment mm. that I feel like stabbing myself in the eye with a pen. Oh dude. When I, I see mean, it, if, you know I mean? if, if your listeners are listening to this or watching this and they've got their content plan for the week and any of that content is, my free fat loss hacks or you know <laughs> please just just stop you know as charlie says it's like how can you um take your knowledge and experience and, and remember as well content is really top of funnel stuff it's like giving people an insight into who you are what you're about what sort of knowledge and experience you have as you start to nurture your leads more and more through maybe getting them into an email list and going slightly longer form with your content Perhaps they start downloading your lead magnets and, and getting value from those things. This is where you really build deeper connections with your potential clients. But the first battle with your content and with your marketing is getting eyeballs on the stuff, you know, because without that, you're, you're literally just putting content out there and nobody's seeing it. It's a complete waste of time and energy. And so how do we get eyeballs on our content? You have to have, like you say, the slightly more controversial, slightly different uh, stuff that stands out from a, a very crowded marketplace. 100%. I, I would take like an extreme example. This is a friend of mine who's also been on the podcast, Tony McLeavy. I don't know if you've seen his content. So he talks yep. about like, I don't know, calling his chest milk bags and talks about his mom or your mom and like all that. Like, it's like, yeah, but I'm not going to do content like that. And it's not really no. replicatable. Right. And people would think you're a fucking twat. Like if I did it, but he yep. can get away with that because that's his type of personality. If anyone's mm -hmm. I think, um, trying to do things slightly differently, maybe not in that way, not there's anything wrong with it, but in your own style, there's a good way mm. to like provide some type of inter entertainment and also provide value. But what I have personally done and feel is the most important thing to do is for people to, and I think to me more important in 2024, it's like Russell Branson from ClickFunnels talks about, it's be like the attractive character at the front of the journey. So like, mm. if you want to be a trainer and help other people get in great shape, you should probably be in great shape. You yep. should probably talk about your own story, what you've done and what you've overcome. Yeah. And then make that relatable because I would say the same in terms of um, people who have had transformation and are coaching other people. Your job is to probably help yourself three to four years ago. Yes. And I don't know if this is how you feel at business. But this is how I feel now is that I'm trying to help myself from a business perspective three to four years ago. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. It's like that whole thing of, are you worth modeling? So like if you're a personal trainer or an online coach right now, is the current lifestyle that you're living, the shape that you're in, your health, your habits, your routines, the way that you show up, 
is that worth modeling for your potential clients? Because if it is, people will just want to be part of that. You know, you've probably had this Charlie dude where you see a business coach or a mentor who is a few steps ahead of you and you're like, fuck, they've got the lifestyle that they want, that I want. They've got, they seem to have the business that I want. I'm going to buy my seat at the table and learn from this person because that's what we're doing, right? Is we're fast tracking our way to the results that we want. So be the living embodiment of the, the person that your potential clients want to be and you will attract them into your world. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And that's, again, that's another thing that, you know, perhaps people are a little bit work shy, but I see far too many personal trainers and online coaches, and this is a little bit controversial, who aren't in good enough shape or haven't been in shape. You know, it's like, dude, I know we're in this loving environment where we all love ourselves and we've got body positivity and all this stuff. But, you know, if you are trying to be a walking advertisement for what you do, then are you, are you putting your best foot forward or are you selling yourself short? I'll give an example. So like people are making content about how to get bigger arms, yet they've got fucking tiny arms. So it's like, I know no, no one's going to listen, dude, like you're no. 75 kilos. So like, not that you have to look like fucking Ronnie Coleman, but like the success leaves clues paradigm comes into this mm. a lot and people aren't retarded. And who are they going to listen to? The kid who's 75, who like 75 kilos and tiny, or the guy mm. who's much more advanced in better shape? Like, because people are going to get people by people. So they will buy into the way you look, the way you talk, the type of lifestyle you have, um, the vibe you give off. And I think that's what people don't really understand. And one of the big things mm. that is personal brand. And mm. like we, we do a lot of paid advertising because I've spent a million pounds plus on Facebook ads, whatever. Um, but in my opinion, personal brand is going to get more and more important as well because the cost of Facebook ads are going to keep going up. Yes. Um, whereas your personal brand compounds for you forever. So I think mm. one of the things people need to understand is if you make yourself a more valuable human being, mm. the value of your content by default becomes more valuable because you're in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a real bit of pill to stop, to swallow. And I think a lot of people listening to this might be a little bit pissed off by what we've just said there. But if you are, then question that and think, well, why does that aggravate me? And, and also what I would say just as a bit of a, um, as a bit of a advice on that is like, it's never a one and done. So if you're not current, if you don't feel like you are that person who's worth modeling, then work towards it. You know, it's not to say that you can't be successful because you are not jacked and shredded year round and, and this person that your clients want to model, but make a real conscious effort to work towards that. You know, nobody's expecting to have a successful business overnight. So, you know, as part of your, your business plan to grow, you should be including in that, how do I get myself in the best shape possible so that my clients want to replicate what I'm doing? That should be part of your your conscious efforts, I think, at least. Uh, and that's part of personal development. And I'll give you an example. So I'm trying to like push myself in the physical capabilities as much as I can to the point now where mm. I, like, I hire, I've hired a trainer in Dubai who's, who's like insane, who just annihilates me five times a week in an hour. Like literally fucking another level because i know i get more out of my training with him yeah also stays me an hour do i need a trainer no do i get more out of it yes yeah so i'm looking at okay like the money's not an issue how can i get more out of my time and see better results from this and i know the mm. compounding effect that's huge mm. also the second thing is that the amount of people who are seeing me do that are like well holy shit he's doing it. he's trying to take it to another level yeah maybe i should as well because what people like people don't really care where you are. What they think is interesting is how much you progressed. 
So if mm. someone's seen you've made a huge amount of progress, whether or not you have the great physique yet or not, they'll have a huge amount of respect for that because mm. that doesn't happen by chance. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, you don't have to be the finished article right now. I think you should be able to take some comfort in that. You know, if you're, if you're listening to this now and you feel like you're not perhaps there, um, don't let that dishearten you. Let it be a project that you work on right now. Uh, I think it is important. I think we would be doing people a disservice if we sat here and said the way that you, cause this is the kind of general message in the industry, right? The way you look doesn't matter as a coach. It's just simply not true. It just simply is not true. And I, and you know, back in my days of, of online coaching, I can always attribute times of being in the best shape, whether I was preparing for a competition or a photo shoot, or whatever it might be, to the highest volume of organic traffic of people wanting to work with me because, you know, it sells and that's what your clients want. And so why not just feed into that and, and be part of it? 100%. I will caveat that with one thing. You competing in bodybuilding will not make you loads of money. And I think that no, is a massive... No. <laughs> I love how you just said that so quickly because this is where I've had people before like, yeah, I, I want to build my business, but I need to compete. I'm like, dude, like no one gives a fuck about you winning a plastic trophy or no. bringing like no. winning Mr. Fucking Hampshire or whatever bullshit is like. Yeah. Like, in that, that and, cool. and if, yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. And I think actually, yeah, to, to add on to that, I would, you know, if you're thinking about getting in the best shape of your life and using a bodybuilding show as the vehicle to do that, that's your accountability to stay on track with your nutrition, your training, whatever it might be, then yeah, great. And, and do document the process. But I would even still be reluctant to fully showcase your process because that can be a deterrent for people. Like most people don't want to get up and do cardio before work at six in the morning, you know, on, on a treadmill. Most people don't want to prep every single meal uh, and track every single calorie as you would do for a bodybuilding show. So what you don't want is to, you know, be telling your audience and your potential clients that you can help them get in the best shape possible, enjoying the foods that they love and yada, 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 the normal stuff. But then on your social media, displaying a completely different message of, you know, extreme discipline and weighing everything. And, and because there's a disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing and you lose trust with your potential clients. So if you are doing a bodybuilding show and you are not looking to be a bodybuilding prep coach, which is something else in its entirety. You want to work with gem pop clients who want to get in shape. Be careful about what you share in your own journey because it can be a deterrent for your potential clients. I'll add something into that as well, which I think is very relevant. One of the things I think is probably the worst thing a coach can do, if you want to do it, it's fine, is they go out drinking at beach clubs, nightclubs, or whatever, and they show that all over Instagram, like, if I was a potential fitness client, that probably turned me off more than anything. Mm. Because what? Because what message does it send to your clients well, and your potential it's, clients? It's non-congruent with who what you're supposed to be. Teaching yeah, people, right? yeah. This is whole back to the the thing of like, are you somebody worth modeling? Are you somebody who your potential clients can look up to? You know, they're trying to achieve something. They're trying to you know change their lifestyle, be healthier, be happier, and you're out you know, putting a line of Charlie up your nose uh, every every night at the beach club or whatever. It's like, well, no, I, I don't want to be part of that. So yeah, you have to be really, really careful about what you show on your socials. Like do do be yourself, do be authentic. But, you know, there, there comes a point where it's not worth you sharing some of the stuff that you're sharing, definitely. I, I would also say that if you're, that's something you're, you've gone down that path, there's no way you'll be really successful 
whilst building a business doing that with that type of lifestyle. I've never seen anyone do it. And people have seen who have been successful, then go off the rails and implode and everything go wrong is like dime a dozen, which is why I, I don't know if you'd agree, but I've been in the industry a while now that I, I don't see a lot of people who are still in it, who were in it and been doing well before. Mm, yeah. If you've got vices like that, yeah, I, I'm actually... It sounds. I sound like a vegan CrossFitter who has to shout everything from the. You know, like vegans and CrossFitters, they're always telling yeah, people they're I'm a vegan you. and a CrossFitter. Yeah, I'm teetotal, and I've been t- teetotal for a year and a half or so. Uh, it's an absolute game changer. But you know, the difference in productivity, focus by not having these vices that ultimately just detract from your overall mission. And some people don't have the same level of enthusiasm and passion for growing their coaching business. And that's absolutely fine. Some people want a lifestyle business. That is absolutely cool as well, by the way, you know, each absolutely each to their own. But if you're someone listening to this who is very, very serious about really, really growing a, a fantastic coaching business, I don't think that uh, alcohol and drugs and partying has a place in your routine personally. Here's a good question for you. What? How do you think someone deciphers whether they want a lifestyle business or to scale an online business? I don't know how you decide. I think you kind of learn as you grow. One of my mentors, Taki Moore, put it amazingly the other day. He actually gets rubbed up the wrong way when uh, somebody uses like language between lifestyle business and an empire. And he has this opinion that you, we should all be trying to build a lifestyle empire. What does that mean? A lifestyle empire is where you can make as much money as humanly possible, have as much impact on as many people as humanly possible, and live a lifestyle that you want to live. You know, because a lot of people get trapped in their business as they scale and grow. They're all constantly putting out fires. They don't feel like they can step away from from day to day operations. But if you build into your aspirations and your goals, I want to take five days off a month and go away somewhere with my family. If that is part of your KPIs that you are working towards, then all of a sudden you can build a hugely successful coaching business and still have a lifestyle. It doesn't have to be this or that is the point that I'm making. So um, that was been a, that's been a bit of a game changer for me in terms of my my idea of my perception as to what sort of business I want to have. Yeah, I would agree, and I think um, people say you can't have it all, but why not? Is my opinion. And like my, mm. my things are to prove it. Like, so like people are like, oh, you can't make loads of money. You can't be in shape. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do everything at once. It's like, well, you can, if you're organized enough and you, you think correctly and smartly. And what I see is that too many people actually don't use their brain and critically mm. think of like, rather than being the hamster in the wheel doing the same thing over and over again, I'm thinking like, how can I improve the wheel so that I don't have to be in the wheel and then mm. I can go and play on another wheel or do whatever I was want or build another wheel. <laughs> I love and, that, yeah. And, uh, that's a weird analogy. And I think that's where so many people just don't actually like take themselves out enough to have a bird's eye view. And mm. one of the big things I try and spend a lot more time doing now is just like, even before this, I went for a walk and just think and just let my brain drift and try and, I don't just strategize and really think in my head about, okay, where am I going? What do I want? Mm. What's the one thing that's holding me back that I need to change? And that I think is where people don't put enough time in because that's the biggest thing that's going to see monumental growth in your business, but also your personal life when you identify the one thing that's probably holding you back. Yeah, I love that. And um, the the whole kind of, like you said, people saying, you know, you can't be in shape and have a successful business. The, these kind of like common themes or notions that we hear in in, in all walks of life. 
I think a lot of time people don't know what they don't know. So someone could quite easily look at what you're doing, Charlie, and just think, yeah, how's he, how's he doing that? How's he making so much money? How's he keep getting these, uh, two comma awards or whatever? And you know, how, how's this happening? You must be scamming people or whatever. They can come up with all of these things right in their head as to why you're doing what you're doing, but they just don't know what they don't know. They don't know what your day to day life looks like. They don't know the team that you've built. They don't know how much positive impact you're having on people's lives. And the same is true with like coaches now who are in a, a bit of a sticking point with their current businesses. They're like, I, I just honestly don't see a way that I'm going to get out of this rut and break this plateau. It, all it takes is someone who is not emotionally attached to your business to have an, an outsider's view and just go, dude, you should be doing this, 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 and this. And then all of a sudden the whole thing completely changes. And that's what mentorship and, and coaching is, isn't it? Well, and that's what people, it's cognitive bias. You believe what you believe because it's your own like ingrained beliefs based upon what you've been exposed to. Mm. And the problem with that is of what you're exposed to, but you haven't been exposed to enough. And you mentioned something earlier, which is surrounding yourself with other people who are higher than you. So I did a, mm. I'll give a good example. I did a podcast with a guy called Eric Spofford that will have been out before this. So I'd go and listen to that. It's fucking insane. Um, guy sold his business for $120 million. I was like, wow. So I was like, I, I followed him on social. So he came to Dubai. I was like, fucking hit him up. And, yep. and I was like, managed to drag him into my podcast somehow. Like hit off like wildfire. And he said on me as like a blase comment that he sort of has an online business in one of his business. He made 170 grand the day before. And I was like, I was like, and I was like in my head, I'm like, fucking, that's now the like the standard. That's the standard. So like, yeah. And you said like, okay, I want to get around people like that. So I was like, he does some mentorship. So I was, I was like, I'll just fucking hire you. And like, I was sitting there on New Year's Eve at dinner at the fucking Mayor Bay by the Burj or whatever, got my credit card out, like paying for this thing at like 9 p.m. Because I was like, I'm in. Because I just want access to be around those people because yeah. you see how they operate, how they talk, and, and you mirror those people. And by yes. default, you will start to pick up the traits that will make you the success they had. Yeah. You, you, we've all heard the saying, right? You are the... Uh, average of the five people you spend the most time with. And the unfortunate reality is, is that the people that you spend the most time with is usually just a collection of people who are in your family, who live close to you. Maybe they train at your gym, whatever. They are not hand selected specific people that are going to elevate you, your beliefs, your vision. They're not going to stretch you. They're not going to have you thinking on a bigger scale. And quite often, and what I've always done, and I'm sure you're the same just by that story you kind of pay to buy your seat at the table with these people. That's quite often what coaching is. Yeah, they might teach you some new things, uh, be some strategies that you haven't been exposed to before, some systems, whatever it might be. They'll give you the accountability to go and do the work. But really what you're paying for is to be surrounded by the people who are going to force you to, to evolve and grow as a person and as a business owner. That's what I view investing in mentorships and business coaches, et cetera, as is buying my seat at the table so I can stretch my vision. 100%. I think um, what's interesting about that is that both of like, I don't know, I've spent 250, 300K probably on mentorships and training and whatever, because like mm -hmm. what people don't understand is the greatest investment is the investment you put in yourself because no one can ever take that away from you because it's like, mm -hmm. it's not just the skills you have, but it's the people you know that mm -hmm. can solve problems for you. And mm. the value of network is wild. And I would say the two big things I'm firstly personally focusing on for 2024 is um, network and brand building. Cause like those two things really like compound for you in a big fashion. Yeah.
Mm. What would you say for coaches that maybe you work with, you say are the most important things people should focus on this year? So for the coaches that we work with specifically, um, they are usually a little bit earlier on in their journey. I know you work with guys who are a bit further on. Um, so typically they come through, they're maybe already earning about three to five thousand pounds a month in online coaching. We do have coaches who join us, you know, who start a bit further down the road than that, but those are our typical clients. And the things that they really need to focus on is things that you are actually focusing on, which is building your personal brand, you know, but being really, really consistent with short form organic content, because even if you do decide to run paid advertising and you can attest to this, Charlie, you need the back end organic content to be in place. It's no good, you know, having lots of paid media going out. And then when they visit your profiles, there's, there's nothing to, to showcase who you are, what you're about, who you help, the results that you deliver to your clients. So a big focus for, for our guys is having a, a fantastic social media pre uh, presence. So that's quality and quantity. I think there used to be this notion that you post once per day and jobs are good and, and it just isn't the case anymore. You know, uh, attention is the currency that is gonna help you grow your coaching business. And the more high quality content that you can be posting out there, the better within reason. Um, so content is a big one for us. And then also delivery, I think, the standard of delivery is constantly changing in the fitness industry. Whereas, you know, back in the day, you could get away with, here's the plan, here's the macros, crack on. You know, people are now expecting training. They're expecting in-person events, virtual events, weekly group calls. There's, there's a lot more in terms of deliverables that customers are expecting from fitness professionals. And so we're putting a lot of focus on, okay, how do we, how do we take the delivery of our coaching businesses to the next level for fitness professionals? I agree completely. And one of the things um, I focus on our own fitness business and people we work with is the personal goal, like that will scale your business infinitely. If you can get one customer to uh, recommend two customers, your business will grow forever for free. Mm. So if you go into every, business relationship with a customer like that or a client, the chances are your business is going to grow wildly. So even our, the mastermind we have is 40% referral based in terms of growth. Yeah. We get so many recommendations. Yeah, and that's great. That's the best type of clientele you're ever going to have because also when they come to you, they already trust you and they're just going to do what you tell them to do rather than mm. like they're going to join Charlie's fitness program, they're like, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this workout. I don't want to do this. I don't believe in eating carbs before bed or whatever it might be. Mm. And we've all had those type of fitness clients who are then like probably the vegan CrossFit guys who are really difficult, um, who are just a pain in the ass. And that also, I'd say with your content is being very clear on who you help. So yeah. um, not that I personally think you have to be super niche, but like I'll, I'll make content that like fuck keto and fuck veganism in terms of from an athletic standpoint. I agree with morals. Yeah. Um, because I don't think it's the best thing to do because we don't really try and attract that type of clientele. Yeah, yeah. We, we push those away, but by pushing them away, we pull the ones in we want, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. And this is quite often a problem that we see with coaches is that they've got like a, a surface level niche. So they might be speaking to a certain person on social media, but then what they deliver on the back end doesn't really match that. So it's like you know, they're, they're working with all manners of people and that they, they claim to be doing a very specific thing for a very specific type of people, but it just doesn't look like that on the back end. So I think, you know, being really clear on who you want to help and what you want to help them to achieve. But as you said, we're not big on pushing people to have this really like narrow niche where it's like, 
you know, you only work with someone in this career who has this specific, goal. it just, it doesn't work like that. I don't think it works like that. I don't know if, if you guys push that sort of thing or. I, I, I will specifically put up content that I'm glad you said that. The most stupid advice I ever see given by business con uh, business mentors is having really like specific niches. Mm. And most of them is because they've never fucking done it. Like you had a fitness yep. business and you still do. Like we have a fitness business. So mm -hmm. you, you understand how it works. That if we, mm. if I post a piece of content, only like a small percentage of people are actually going to see it. If yep. my niche is vegan mums in Colorado who are over 45 <laughs> who yeah. also like to do CrossFit, the percentage of the small percentage who actually see it is yep. so small yep. that you're not getting fucking clients. So um, like by niche would be like, we help men and women who are 30 to 50 to basically lose body fat. That yep. would be our generic niche in our fitness business. And yep. I would also say like beginner um, coaches, what's important to understand your niche will come to you as your business grows. So you'll probably yeah. find you start to get cool. I'm getting loads of women. Maybe I should just focus on this niche. And I actually say mm. going back, um, if I started again, I would focus on the female, the female niche because in my opinion, it's bigger and women are easier to sell and emotion and women are also um, much more likely to ask for help than men who are like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm doing this for 20 years. I know what I'm doing, but I look the same. Interesting, yeah. Do you not find as well though, and this is maybe uh, like a traditionalist viewpoint or like from a gender roles perspective that with females, you more often come up against the, need to go and confirm with partners about investing in something they don't necessarily manage the household finances or um i would say the other thing i would say from experience we try not to target people in the uk i'm slating the uk loads right um because i think that's a british mentality thing whereas yeah not like the independent women thing in america but like i think mm. if you said to a, a lady in the us yeah that it's less likely they're gonna have to ask their partner their partner's yeah. permission and mm. i also would say that's more of a a training skill in terms of whoever's having that conversation of how do you mm. handle objections like i presume your husband wouldn't be opposed to you being more attractive and better looking like yeah you know, yeah you can kind of almost plant that. the seeds early on in the conversation so yeah, that, yeah 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 absolutely yeah i like that man I, I, yeah I really cool. example why like if i don't know if if your girlfriend and wife came back with like an expensive handbag one day like the likelihood of you hitting the roof and making her take it back to the fucking shop is probably pretty slim to none, right? Mm. Whereas if it, if it was a role on the other role reversal, the likelihood is the man's taking the thing back than the woman, I would say. Yeah. Well, but then also as well, right? So here's an interesting one, and maybe we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. I think, and maybe this is from my own personal experience, by the way, I don't want anyone to think that I'm this jealous dude, right? But I think potentially do partners of women who enroll with male online coaches or personal trainers have an ego, an ego element or a, a kind of a jealousy element to them wanting their partners not to do the thing potentially. I, I, and how do we mitigate that? I, I think that I agree. I think there's a, but here's the thing. I think they'd have less of an issue with the online thing than the in-person trainer. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, the joke You're not going the, to like, see this guy yeah, seven like times a week. about the tennis coach thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? It's like um, there'll be less of an issue of that, but I think that's obviously going to be a huge part of the insecurity on the man's behalf. But I would also yeah. say what that comes down to, if you were targeting more affluent clients, like women who have more money, their partner's going to be rich and successful. He's yeah, going to be so, busy. He doesn't give a flying yep. shit like what she does. He yep. just wants to yep, like, yep, yep. not get griefed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just interesting, isn't it? Because there's, there's like so many different considerations with who you work with and what the potential impacts of those things are, you know, and you can almost start with the end in mind. Like if you were a coach and you really wanted to scale this coaching business and work with, uh, predominantly females, perhaps it might be an idea that your salesperson was a female. Maybe, I don't know. Like these sorts of things are things that you can think of. And this is what I love about the game of business is that you can have these kind of conversations with people who get it and uh, come up with these kind of master plans to to really, really grow. It's awesome. Uh, you mentioned that one of the things I do find works really well, and I think my girlfriend might be on one now, women are f like attractive women are really good selling to men because what's the main mm -hmm. reason people don't sign up for fitness programs? I can't afford it. What's the mm -hmm. most emasculating thing a man can say to a pretty woman is, uh, I can't afford it. So he just like, wants to impress, even though it's this strange, strange woman that he doesn't know. He still wants to impress her, right? But that's where you, the, one of the most important things, this is like whole business 101 is understanding human psychology. So whether it's yeah. um, motivating your own staff or whether it's converting a client or getting the best out of a client, mm. is trying to really understand what drives them. And I'll give an example of, I, I spoke to a client who signed up with us last week and his big motivation is, him and his wife want to make X amount of money so they can buy their dream family home. I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. like, bang, bang, bang. This is how we can make this happen. And he's like, yeah, I'll make it happen. I'm in. Because I understood what he emotionally really wanted. It wasn't the business he gives a shit about. It's buying no. his family dream home. And yeah. I think that's where too many people don't actually like read the emotional cues of what people want. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, like with your employees, with the clients you have, with prospective clients, um, you actually have a real honest and truthful conversation, which they really, really appreciate. And the guy messaged me after to say so, and you really get them and they'll sign up and they'll do what you tell them to do. Yeah. And this, and by the way, anyone listening to this or watching this who thinks, oh man, this feels a little bit like, this feels a little bit like I'm persuading somebody or making them make a decision that perhaps I don't want to make. What you have to remember, if you truly have conviction and belief in what you deliver as a coach, and the transformation that you can help people achieve. And you know that that's going to have profound positive impact on their lives and the lives of those around them. Then you just need to play the game of sales and understand this stuff. Because if you don't win at sales, you will just be the best kept secret and you're actually not having the kind of impact that you want to have. So remove yourself from this idea that these sort of persuasion tactics, et cetera, are unethical or shouldn't be used they are the gateway to you helping and serving people and you just need to play the game. That's something that I say to the coaches all the time. Uh, unpopular thing to say, but sales is the most important skill um, yeah. initially because if you can't sell, you can't get clients. You'd be the greatest coach mm -hmm. in the world. Coach. Yep. I think yep. if people are particularly coming to you for weight loss, like they've probably struggled for this for a while, so they have commitment issues. So they're going to be hesitant. Mm -hmm. So mm. they need someone to alleviate those concerns for you, which is what you do in that call. Mm, mm. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think it is an, it is an, it's a, you know, it's that conundrum that the kind of heart led coach has who wants to do the best by the people they work with, wants to be equipped with all the knowledge and understanding to deliver great results. But like you say, the, the very first battle is getting people into your world, getting people to invest into you because you can't have, you can't have that relationship with a client unless you first know how to get them across the line. And so, um, yeah, it just cannot be ignored. And I, I would say, this is really unpopular probably thing to say, people don't, the coaching doesn't matter as much as you think about. And what, what do I mean by that? Mm. People don't care about this periodized mesocycle and this fucking really mm. over elaborate supplement regime. 
They just need accountability to do the thing consistently. Like mm. that's the number one problem 99.9% of people have. They probably mm. know what to do, but they just need someone to be like, Ollie, have you done your steps though? Ollie, have you mm. actually stuck your diet? Like, can you actually send me a check-in? And it's the same thing from a business perspective, like having someone on your back, being like, have you done the thing you said you were going to do? And when I first joined a mentorship a couple of years ago, I took pride in just like nailing things off as fast as I could to be like, yeah, mm. I want this. I'm really good. I, I love that, by the way. Uh, I put a post out recently that says, be the client you want your clients to be. Mm. You know, a lot of the time I'll look at coaches or coaches will say, ah, oh, fucking annoying. You know, guy didn't sign up on the call, not an action taker, not an implementer. And it's like, are you, are you that person? Are you genuinely that person? And sometimes they're not, you know, they're talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. So all the things and all the attributes that you want in your clients should be what you live by on a day-to-day -day basis, in my opinion. I, you manifest in life what you what you want, and by putting out what you get, you get back. And I give an example in terms of not to name any names, but I remember speaking to like a coach, and basically he he his business has been in the same position for five six years. He's bitching, it's not grown, and blah 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 blah. And yet, then I remember looking at his socials the next day, and he's preaching about growth and mindset and all that stuff. I was like, dude, like this is the polar opposite of who you really are. And that's mm. also why your business is fucked and struggling because you're not congruent to who you really are and you're saying mm. one thing but behind the closed doors doing the other. And by mm. doing that, you're not going to attract the right people into your life that you really want as clients or probably staff or whatever because mm. you're not congruent with where you're trying to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's massive, massive, massive problem. And I, I get it as well. Like there's this whole, a lot of people have this mentality of, you know, fake it until you make it or whatever. But you it's not about faking it through just like the things that you say. Like if you, if you want to be a successful online fitness coach, then you need to start on a daily basis embodying the things that an online fitness coach does. You know, how, what sort of things does that person do? Try and model the behaviors of the person that you want to be. Um, it's not about just writing a post like you say, you know, growth and all the rest it doesn't work like that you have to actually do the the hard miles but you know you've got to start showing up as the person that you want to be and be the client that you want your clients to be 100 percent. i think when you do that and the same thing with money when you're looking for money you desperately need money money doesn't appear but when you're in an abundant mindset and money just falls in your lap and i find that all the time it's like whenever you're struggling or pushing to try and get growth it never comes but if you just look almost go into flow state and let it go it mm. just comes to you in abundance from out like from out nowhere leads will come in from referrals or whatever mm. and then it's easy mm. i think it's i think people like really misunderstand um what like uh the law of attraction is i think they think it's this you know think it and it will happen it's not it's if you are somebody who wants to um be more productive you don't just think about being more productive but if you embody what an a productive person does the daily habits and routines that you have mean that you'll be more productive so you almost have to like think yourself into the situations that you want you know as you said there when you are constantly stressing about money or worried about money that comes out in your personality it comes out in your daily actions you start rushing things you start making shortcuts or whatever it might be and thus you don't make any money. And so it's all about trying to embody the things that you want and think about the things that you want and act accordingly, you know, and then the universe starts to serve you those things because of your actions, et cetera. 
hundred percent. I think, um, and I'll be transparent. I struggle with mindset sometimes as well. And I don't know if you do. And I think that's one of the things people think everyone's superhuman, but it's how you handle those things and having a process to deal with it when you have wobbles. And I'd say that's completely normal for anyone listening to this of like, you'll go through phases like, fuck, like this is really difficult. And I would say good. It's supposed to be difficult and it will challenge you and it will um, make you level up by going through the hard times or going through the baptism of fire. And when you look back in retrospect, you're like, fuck, I did that. And imagine you have yeah. that with the big success you've had. With, our, with your business, you look back and like, holy shit, it's pretty wild. I did all this stuff. Like if you look back to when you probably left the military, it's like, this is wild, right? Yeah, it's light and day, man. I think I've been out for maybe, I've been out for about seven or eight years now. And I probably make, <laughs> let me think about this. I probably make like 10 times my salary. I think, which is ridiculous, right? Uh, so yeah, you know, a lot can change in a short amount of time if you're very purposeful with with your actions and what you want to achieve. And I think that starts with, you know, getting clear on where do you want to take this? And then as we've said, you know, buying your seat at the table, getting yourself around people who have been and done the things that you are trying to do, short shortcut your way to success avoid all of the common mistakes that most people are making, get yourself accountable, be the client that you want your clients to be, take massive action and the rest will be history, you know? 100%. I think it's a good point to finish up on. Um, where's the best place for anyone to find out more about what you do, Ollie? And you've got your own po podcast. I'm going to try and push you into re-pushing re out. Cheers, dude. Appreciate that. Yeah, because we said off air that I've been a little bit lax with my podcast. So uh, best place to find me is probably Instagram, and that is uh, Ollie Carson underscore underscore, and that's O double O I E. Um, and then the podcast is the Remote Coach Podcast, and it's specifically steered towards coaches just starting out in online coaching. So yeah, go and check it out if you if you're in that position. Awesome. Uh, make sure you guys go and follow Ollie, check him out. Uh, if you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you sh share it with a friend, like and subscribe. We also have a huge uh, business mastermind event in Dubai, ninth and tenth of uh, February. So. If you're looking to learn practical tactics and strategy, you can actually implement in your business this year to make money. You can hit the link below the podcast to get a tick to that. And we'll see you next episode very soon. <laughs>